If you're at a kitchen table, you're on a listing appointment, and you don't feel like you're the best agent for the job, the best person for the job, you don't deserve that business. That's the mindset you gotta go in there with. So that's how you can take using presentation to take one sale and turn it into two or three. You're using it to showcase to people your marketing skills. If you're doing it right, you're putting leads into this funnel. Sellers want certainty. And you could even apply that to working with buyers. Certainty. And that's how you lead your buyers. Thinking like a seller, not like a buyer. That's how you win. There's a right and a wrong way to do this. If you're not good at marketing yourselves, why would I want to hire you to market my largest investment? All right, welcome everybody. Today we're going to be talking about a step path to a million. Net is simple, but it is not easy. It's far from easy. All right, that's why we have an 87% fail rate. Good news, right? You're going to be in the 13%? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the attitude you have to have. Really, it's tough. If you, you've got some people in this room that I would encourage you to talk to that have been put through the ringer by their clients and by transactions and maybe pushed to the brink of snapping, right? And they just haven't. So you, you've got to have thick skin to make it in this industry, and you've especially got to have thick skin if you're going to be successful with sellers, right? It's way more warm and fuzzy, I would think. Is that a fair statement to work with buyers? They're a little bit easier on you, right? Sellers are looking for the key word here that we're going to focus on today above all others is certainty, okay? Sellers want certainty. And you could even apply that to working with buyers because the best way to work with buyers is to put your seller cap on and go, what does the seller want? Certainty. And that's how you lead your buyers thinking like a seller, not like a buyer. That's how you win. And that's the problem with a lot of agents not being able to win in multiple offer situations in this market because they're thinking like buyers and not sellers, right? And they're advising their clients as buyers and not sellers. And because this is a 100% commission-based business, we don't want to rock the boat or we want to rock the boat as little as possible, right? Because we don't want to get fired. We don't want to take a hard line with our clients, whether they're a buyer or a seller, and tell them what they need to know, they need to hear, not what they want to hear, because we just, we want that commission. We gotta, we gotta keep everybody happy. And so that means, if that means taking an overpriced listing or not putting your best foot forward when you make an offer on a listing, so be it. And I'm gonna tell you that's the wrong way today. There's a right and a wrong way to do this, all right? That's the wrong way, all right? The right way is to be brutally honest. That's what our consumers really, really want. And ask them. I would encourage you to ask them. And we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to talk about expectations. What are the client's expectations of you? What are your expectations of the client? Because at the end of the day, this is a partnership, right? This is a two-way street. You know, there is a right way and a wrong way to be successful in real estate. The cool thing is there's not a one-size-fits-all way to get there. Right? So you, can, you need to own this. You need to put together your own presentation because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to deliver on that certainty if you're not confident. All right? Now, I haven't said this in a while, but I'll say it. I'm excited to say it again right now. If you're at a kitchen table, you're on a listing appointment, and you don't feel like you're the best agent for the job, the best person for the job, you don't deserve that business. That's the mindset you got to go in there with. I always make this correlation of those commercials where whether it's the 
the patient sitting in the doctor's chair or the lady waiting on her, break, uh, her breaks to get done and it's like just okay is not okay. How does that go, Rand? Rand, every time I ask you a question, you don't know the answer. It's very simple. But if you went into it, if you were going to have a major surgery and the doctor was like, April, I think we're going to be able to get through this. You know, John, if your doctors were like, well, they, they, they already they already screwed that up. Like, I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> Somebody's about to crack open your chest. And they're like, whew, this is my second one. But I'm pretty sure I can get this done. That's the way a lot of real estate agents are going into these listing appointments. Like, oh, I hope you pick me. Instead of, let's just sign the listing agreement today because I'm ready to get started with marketing this property. I'm excited to market this property. I know I can sell it. And you interviewing other agents is just a waste of time. We need to get busy, right? Just having that swagger, right? When you go in the appointment. All right, so I'm gonna keep my presentation date down to, to five things. In the consultation, I'm focused on really three things, okay? Goals. What are their goals? You need to make sure that their goals are reasonable, that you can deliver on those goals. If you can't, this is a really hard thing for new agents to learn. If you can't deliver on those goals, it's probably, most likely, I'm almost positive that it's a waste of time for you to continue to try to push that square peg through the round hole. All right, now there's caveats to all this. Sometimes we need to list properties you know, at an unreasonable goal, but the seller assures us like, hey, if, if the market tells me my goal is unreasonable, then I might kind of come around to your way of thinking, right? But we have other clients who, are very, who think they know more than we do. And that's, uh, there's just look for the warning signs. Like that's a good reason to go, I don't think this is a good fit. You know, because what are the three outcomes? What do you think the three possible outcomes of a listing presentation are? They're gonna decide to hire you. You're gonna decide you wanna be hired or you're just gonna walk away, right? Because it's not, it's not a good fit. It's not a good fit. They're gonna either not gonna hire you or you're not gonna to wanna to hire them because expectations can't be met on either side, right? So their why, that's what they're, what, what's the why behind their goals? Like why are they selling? Why are they moving? Why do they think the price is what it is? The, one of the keys to having a really successful consultation, whether you're working with buyers or sellers, is asking questions. Asking questions. This is a discovery process. So you go in there and you want to talk all about you and why you're so big and bad and they should list with you. That's great, but they want to be the star, right? They want you to be confident. They, don't want you, they just don't want you coming there talking about you know, yourself a lot, okay? So make them the center of attention. Again, expectations. What do you expect from them and what do they expect from you? So if they expect you to be at the house at every showing, I don't know. If it's over a million, maybe. I mean, you have to make that decision, but is that a highest and best use of your time? I don't know. So you, I mean, that's up to you. But if they expect feedback five minutes after every showing, you know, we're looking at warning signs here. We're going, I don't know. All right. The other thing about expectations that I think is critical is setting a, the communication expectation. And that goes along with what that people just want to know what to expect. They want to know the next steps. And the more you outline these expectations, the easier the transaction is going to go. So if you say, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, you can expect feedback 24 to 48 hours after every showing, then they're not going to start blowing your phone up five minutes after the showing. 
I always tell them you should probably expect to come home and find the keys in your door, to find all the lights on, to find a back door open, to find windows unlocked, to find the AC, the thermostat tampered with. And as they come home and find this stuff, because inevitably they will, they're like, oh, Jason told me this was going to happen. And depending on the market, you know, we may get low ball offers, we may get multiple offers. So you set all these expectations, okay? What's a good rule of thumb in terms of how many times per week you should check in with a seller? Anybody got a rule of thumb there? Rick, once? At least. At least once, at least once a week. And you figure out what, what's the method of communication by which they wanna be communicated with. Are they a texter, are they a caller? Are they a face-to-face -face person? You need to know, okay? Because if they say, I only wanna be texted, you keep calling them, you're just gonna irritate them. And part of the game, really, that we're playing is a game of referrals. So the fewer expectations we set, the worse our communication is, the less confident we are, the more we water down our abilities or our opportunities to gain future business from this person. Because what we're focused on is the LTV or the ROR. So the lifetime value of a client or the return on the relationship, that's the focus, right? So one thing that's very critical, and we'll get to this last on the valuation part in terms of what their net is, uh, being honest with them about price. So many real estate agents are not honest when it comes to price. And I can tell you for a fact, if you don't tell them or don't set the expectation that price reductions may be a part of the process, and we're, that day is coming, right? That day is right around the corner. Pretty soon we'll, we'll have to start talking about marketing again and all that type of stuff. Now all we gotta do is put a sign in the yard and put it in the MLS and it sells. But if you set a price and you, you don't say anything about price reductions and then a month later, 60 days later, whatever it is, you come back and say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we're gonna have to lower the price. They'll say, well, you never say anything about price reductions in our initial, initial consultation. They're gonna start to distrust you and they're not gonna refer people that they don't trust. It's a hard, cold fact, right? But again, we just, well, most of us want to just tell them, oh yeah, we can sell it for that. We just want them to be happy. We want them to sign on the dotted line. We want to get a sign in the ground because hopefully that puts us one step closer to a closing. And you've got to be really, really careful. People are watching. You may not think people are watching, but people are watching the marketing that you put out. They're watching how many days on market your listing signs sit there. They're watching whether you hold an open house. I mean, we're constantly being judged on our performance. You know, I, drive, I drove by a listing sign this morning in the Fruit Nut and the agent's rider was right by the ground. And I guess she has not been by there in so long and we've had so much rain that her entire name rider and part of the bottom of the sign was covered in dirt. Like you can't read her name. So anybody that passes by that listing and wants more information is calling the office. They're not calling the agent. And if I, if I was a seller and I walked out there and I looked at that and I saw algae on my sign and bird poop all over it, I'd be like, wow, that's, I need to swap that out, right? So the consultation, really wanna just drill down as deep as possible. You are gonna ask questions, all right? So listen more, talk less. Listen more, talk less. They just wanna feel like somebody is listening to them, somebody is attentive to their needs, somebody understands their goals, and somebody is committed to their goals, and then also we need to make sure they understand our expectations, all right? House needs to be cleaned, 
needs to look good, feel good, and smell good for every showing. We need good curb appeal. We need them to be flexible with showing appointments. What else do we need? Like don't smoke inside, take care of the kitty litter, pick up the toys, help me help you, basically, right? Now, part of what I do, and this is again, one of those things where it's a recommendation. If you wanna rip off and duplicate this or just a la carte it, it's up to you. But part of what I'm doing here, part of the goal of my presentation and my process is to bulletproof the transaction. I wanna bulletproof the transaction, okay? So you'll hear me talk about certification on some of these, but number two is a uh, pre-listing home inspection. Who has had a deal fall through recently because of cheap pipe or a bad roof or some latent defect, some structural crack, something? You know, and a lot of homes, you know, there's 50% of the homes are getting multiple offers in this market. A lot of those are falling out of contract due to inspections or due to appraisals. So part of my process is trying to eliminate that. And that's good market or bad market, okay? That's seller's market or buyer's market, doesn't really matter. So pre-listing inspection, you can choose to do a full-blown inspection, or you can advise your clients to do a four-point inspection a four-point inspection is going to be cheaper. I think you can get those done for about 125, 150 bucks. And if nobody wants to do it for that amount, just tell them that's all you're going to pay. I mean, eventually you're going to find somebody to do it for that. Sometimes this is going to come out of your pocket, right? And it's a great investment because if this thing doesn't close, you do not get paid and you don't get any future payments. There's no dividends that come from it. So pre-listing home inspection can help us identify really the uh, the four major points that can blow a deal, all right? So you got roof, electrical, HVAC, and plumbing. Those are the big ticket items that you wanna focus on. Everything else is just knick-knack, most of it's cosmetic stuff, uh, marginal items. But imagine for a second, if you're a first-time home buyer and you walk into a house and you see a binder on the kitchen table or the kitchen island and you open it up and there's a home inspection and then behind the home inspection there's receipts or invoices for work that's been done, repairs that have been made. Would that give you some comfort? They're like, I'm kind of digging the cellar. What we're doing here is we're certifying the condition. Anybody in the, in the, in the past car business? So I'm ripping off the certified pre-owned car model, which is like one of the best marketing tactics in the history of mankind, right? It works really, really well. But you're, you're just making sure there's no surprises. All right, pre-listing inspection, any questions about that? There's home inspectors in the area too that'll give you a nice little rider to put in the front yard saying this home's been pre-inspected, which is a cool marketing tool. Now, one of the things I want you to focus on is being different. Let's get real for a moment. What are you really nervous about when it comes to listing presentations, especially knowing that most folks interview three agents, three agents, They're like, oh my gosh, how do I stand out? How do I be different? Now, some of you guys are stressing over this. I think this is a really, really important point to make that the people that hire us are hiring us because they want to be led. All right. The, the for sale by owners, 
they're going to lead themselves most of the time. You know, they don't need us. But there's a great deal of people out there that do need us and want to compensate us for our leadership, for our professionalism. Okay, so lead them. They want to be led. Lead them. And again, this goes back to the, the timid agent who just wants to make everybody happy. And you can't lead people by not telling them what they need to know or not telling them what the next steps are. I would challenge you to have a next steps after an offer is accepted. Is that in your buyer's uh, presentation? Yeah, so that's what they want. All right, what's next steps? And you probably need to craft some emails because they're probably taking this piece of paper, this pretty listing presentation, that's gonna wind up somewhere where they can't find it, right? Okay, if I'm working with you, I'm gonna tell people about you. I'm gonna tell people about my experience. And that is your brand. So what you are is defining your brand. You know, over the years, I've gotten like lazier and lazier when it comes to this. I if I'm going to list a property, I typically don't bring anything. I'll bring a notebook to write down stuff in. I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but you will at some point get to a level of confidence where somebody's either preparing these, these literature pieces for you and distributing them for you, or you don't need it. I mean, you're so confident, you're so sought after, people just, they seek you out. All right. Oh, I know what I was going to say. In terms of being different, you're stressed out over this. How am I going to come up with a unique value proposition when there's more agents than there are listings? This is so easy to do because most real estate agents aren't leading with this. All they're after is this. They're not after the service part. They just want the money. They just want to cut corners. They just want to tell people whatever they want to hear so they can go on to the next opportunity. And this is what they want. This is what they want you to be different. They want you to tell the truth. They want you to set expectations. They want you to lead them. They want you to be their advocate. They want you to be their guide. And if you're on any of these real estate mastermind groups yet, you should get on them. They're hilarious. I was reading one about some Bay Area real estate agent the other day who set an appointment, didn't even show up for the appointment. The listing agent was there, didn't feel like, didn't think it was appropriate for her to take the client through the listing, didn't think it was appropriate for even her to be there because she's a listing agent. So the agent set an appointment, didn't even show up, and then chastised the listing agent saying, "That's you must not know how we do things here. This is how we do things. We just set appointments and don't show up for them. This is the reality of our industry, right? How many, how many people have gotten frustrated by an agent recently because they were unprofessional or disorganized or highly emotional, right? Some agents get intimidated by this, number one, because they don't, they don't know how they're gonna stand out in a industry that's so crowded, but they also get very, very stressed out because there's too much noise, right? Or, they're in, or these agents make them feel small because um, they're more experienced or they just get so overwhelmed by the fact that there is such a dark cloud of this industry. They're like, well, I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be looked at in this light. I don't, I don't, I don't wanna be a real estate agent. I didn't know that, that we were behind the ambulance chasing attorney or the, you know, the shysty used car salesman. I, 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 wonder, I thought I was gonna be respected. I'm gonna go somewhere else where I'm respected. If you leave here and only took one thing away from today, it would be this. Every obstacle you're confronted with in this business, I want you to flip the script and look at it as an opportunity. Think about what you faced out. Literally, real estate agents hear stats like there's more agents than there are listings, and they're like, all right, that's it. I'm going back to retail. They're like, oh, listen, I've submitted nine offers for this buyer. 
I've gotten beat out on all of them. This is too hard. I'm out. We're just not looking at things in the right way. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So these agents out here that are making us look bad, just keep on doing it. There's really nothing we can do about it until NAR raises their standards anyway, which they're probably not likely to do, which I think they should. But keep on doing that because that allows me the opportunity to stand out and be the light in this darkness. The fact that there's not a lot of listings here or anywhere, we go off market. There's a ton of opportunities for us to show our value by going off market to find these properties. And you wanna talk about looking like a hero? Anybody made any off market connections for their buyers? Yeah, you've got referral partners for life, for life. All right, number three, staging. Who believes in staging? So how, how much faster does a staged home sell versus a non-staged home? It's like 77% faster. Yeah. What about this age old saying, you never get a second chance at a first impression? Yeah. What do we know about vacant rooms? They look smaller. It's one of these, there's a fine line. Like you can't have too much stuff in a house because then it becomes cluttered. Because you can't have too little stuff in the house because then they're like, where's my stuff go? Like, I don't think my couch is going to fit in this room when in actuality it will 100% fit. They just can't place it, right? Staging is, a, is about a lot more than just spending a lot of money. This is the other connotation that kind of follows staging is it's too expensive. Like we can't afford to provide it to our clients. They don't, whether they can afford it or not, they don't want to spend the money. They don't believe in it. But there's a lot of data around staging. I would encourage the new agents in this room especially to start researching stuff like this. Like start educating yourself on this. What if you're at a listing appointment, you're at a kitchen table, and the seller has done a lot of research on staging. Wants to know what it costs, what are the benefits, do you believe in it? What are the options? Like do they have to stage a whole house? Can they do it room by room? Can they just do decor? Is there just a decluttering service? You need to understand the data. Again, this is gonna set you apart by being different. Big fan. But I'm a big fan of virtual staging. If you, again, it's about being different. But I'm a big fan of virtual staging. It's cheaper, but also I'm looking at this, this kind of goes into a marketing conversation, but I start looking at this through a much wider lens. Real estate agents, when they take a listing, they're looking at this singular event. Like I gotta sell this listing. This is why I'm doing everything is to sell this listing. That's about 50% of it. The other 50% should be leveraging that listing and the story of that listing to gain more business. Because again, people are watching. So you have a graphic made before and after, I'll showcase that. Especially if, let's say it was an expired listing or a FISBO or something, and what, what did you do differently to, to sell it? April and I have had one that we virtually staged that, that worked and worked for the seller. The seller was tight as could be and we needed the money on the backside to pay for a new roof, I think, so this really worked out. But, you know, don't be the agent. Rick does a great job of this, about telling the story behind his transactions. Like, how do we sell this? What was the, the objective? What were the goals that were attained? Don't be the agent that says, I sold this in 24 hours. I just wish that, like, at least J. Park Coast and County as a whole would make that rule and stick to it because it just devalues you. If you say, oh my gosh, multiple offers in less than an hour. Well, what do, you, what do I need you for? If you could sell it in an hour, I can probably sell it in a day or two. I don't need you. But tell the story, tell the story. All of this stuff is totally different than most real estate 
listing presentations you'll encounter anywhere in the country. But staging, if I have a husband and a wife in front of me, the husband could care less about decluttering, organizing, and staging. If I turn to the wife and I say, Mrs. Seller, would you like some help knowing how to prepare this for market and get it picture ready and like what pictures to keep on the walls and what pictures to take down? Some of you have that skill inherently in yourselves. So you don't need to hire a, a staging person to do a consult. But I can tell you, the more we bring in outside people, the better it benefits us down the road. Because for some reason, they're just more apt to listen to what they have to say because they're a specialist. You know, the photographer can get them to move stuff out of the way way better than we can. The stager can get them to paint that pink princess bedroom way better than we can. The appraiser, which we're gonna to get to that last, can bring them into a place of reality around price way better than we can. And a staging consult's like a hundred and something bucks, 125, 150 bucks. This is money well spent. If I go in there and I'm like, all I smell is cat pee and they don't wanna to listen to me, if they're not gonna to listen to the stager, we need to have a come to Jesus talk about. Because days on market, it all correlates to their net. There's a direct correlation for how many days it's on market and how much money they're gonna put in their pocket at the closing table, right? I heard something interesting at a real estate conference that I recently attended, and the agent was saying, like, right there on the spot, whether they're on the phone or in person, they will do warm transfers. So they'll start, they'll get out their phone, and if, so the, the wife says, oh my gosh, I would love some help uh, organizing this, decluttering it, figuring out what I need to do to get ready for pictures. I'm either a busy mom or a busy working mom or, Maybe I'm just, this is a second home. I, you know, I got other things I want to do. So I would really like to hire somebody to help me, right? So then you just whip out your phone, text your stager, start a little group chat. Same thing with a lender. You're on the phone with a buyer, like, oh gosh, let's, I'm gonna start a text thread. They give you permission. Hey, can I connect you with my preferred lender? Oh yes, I'd love that. Okay, great, I'm gonna start a text thread right now. Cause then you get, right then and there, you get the ball rolling. I think this is going to go into this being different category. I mean, most agents aren't doing that. It's like, if you're not going to pick me, I'm out. I'm not going to bring you any value until you give me some kind of a guarantee that there's something at the end of this rainbow. Otherwise, I'm holding back. Okay? So staging, consult, declutter, look good, feel good, smell good, be honest. If it smells like wet dog, if it smells like cigarettes, you need to address it. All right, so staging... It doesn't have to be super expensive and you can even provide some options that you can pay for that will provide massive value and really set you up for future referrals in, in, a, in a big, big way, okay? All right, what's number four? Presentation. So presentation is my favorite. This is when we get those pretty images and we get the video pieces maybe we're super creative so we're doing snapchats and stories and TikToks and all this kind of stuff with our real estate listings and that's going to put a lot of eyeballs on you right that's the leverage of the listing to get more listings or to put buyers into your sales funnel so again it's not just about selling that listing that's that's part of it but part of it is we've got this awesome product on our shelves that will attract more consumers. I'm fighting this battle with an agent in our office in Birmingham. She's amazing. She's a retired school teacher and she's getting a ton of business from her 
prior students and the parents. I mean, just it's just this collateral windfall of business that she's getting from her old life. But gosh, her her listing pictures are awful. I mean, she takes them with her phone and like she doesn't have a 12 Pro Max. People are watching and I'm just trying to talk to her about this, right? This is one of the differences I think of our company over other companies is that most brokers or anybody in a leadership position and you guys should be doing like holding each other accountable going, hey, great listing, but wow, those photos. They don't really, they're not, they're not of the caliber of that home or they don't represent that home in the best light. Or I think you would see some exponential growth in your business if you, if you got a little more focus on the presentation of your listings. Think about that. Now, a big concept here in terms of the presentation, proof over promise. So you wanna go in there and talk about all the stuff you're gonna do? Now, I'm not a big fan of diverting the client's attention away. I wanna maintain eye contact as much as possible. And just like you guys are gonna walk out of here with 5% or less of what I said. The sellers are the same way, they're not much different. So it's like drinking from a fire hose, right? They're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm just still stuck on the fact that my garage, there's stuff piled to the ceiling. What am I gonna do with all that stuff? Look at all these weeds, they're so overwhelmed, right? But in this case, I think it does make a lot of sense to go pull out the iPad and go, here's an example of the video. Here's an example of the pictures. Here's an example of the printed material that I send out. Here's an example of one of my flyers. You may even have samples of your remarks. How many of y'all have seen a really nice listing that had like one or two sentences? I mean, you'll find waterfront properties without pictures of the water. Be different, be different. So provide proof over promise. Now, a lot of agents struggle with this one because there is no proof and they don't want sellers to know that. Be different, don't be that agent. I have in here hire professionals. We've talked about that already. Hire people that are good at what they do, that take really good drone photos, that they really care about the images that they put out because they're a representation of them. But those are the people I wanna work with. And everybody that we bring in as a party to a transaction is a representation of us. They're our team. And they need to be held accountable knowing like if they screw up, we may not call them again. This is, a high, this is very serious. This is your livelihood. I just came back from a real estate conference. The biggest word, the word that was used most often was video, 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 video. Seriously though, 85% of our consumers want to hire a real estate agent that incorporates video in some capacity. Now I make this point a lot too, that if I am a consumer, I try to put my consumer shoes on as much as possible and stay in discovery with past clients, future clients, clients that chose not to do business with me. Where did I go wrong? How can I improve? Just constantly wanting to learn and to be better. But I know this for me personally, I don't know about y'all, but if you're not good at marketing yourselves, why would I wanna hire you to market my largest investment? I wouldn't. If I'm going to a market, if I'm looking to work with a real estate agent, I wanna see their social media presence. I wanna see them using video, getting in front of the camera, doing interviews, talking on camera, getting to this point. It's not, I've already mentioned right now that this adds a lot of pressure, okay? 
I can feel the pressure of this, and you can probably feel me feel the pressure of this. It just adds a whole other dimension to it, but it's absolutely necessary. Well, I tell you, like the greatest example of this is, is my wife, who every time she gets on social media, this windfall of business comes her way. And I'm like, why aren't you doing it more consistently? And I think it's finally clicked. I think she finally understands it, and you're starting to see more consistency, and hopefully you'll see more from her. But you just need to figure out what it is, like what it is. Are you really connected to something where right now you're having to say, I can't afford it? Like, do you need something? Do you need money for something right now in a big way? How much money do you need? If you had an extra 10000 20000 we would all nod our head yes to that, right? But is that, are you really connected to that? Probably not. So there needs to be something where the, you having to say, I can't afford it, either brings in fear or disappointment or embarrassment, a lack of security. You know, what really, really works is how to look your kids in the face and go, can't afford it this year, bud. Maybe next year. So figuring out what you're connected to, that may put you in front of this camera, right? One of the reasons I get in front of this camera is because there's real estate agents out there who if they came here, if they came here, they would add an additional salary to their family economy to the tune of 50 or $60,000. Some agents, it might be 30. Some agents are going to be a heck of a lot more. So I feel a responsibility to communicate with these agents, to show them there's value to be found here other than a great model. Like we're going to show you how to take this model and actually make it work for you because the model is going to do nothing for you unless you can earn, all right? Because the more you earn, the more you're going to keep. Now, if you are on a big budget, can you just use your camera, your cell phone, and iMovie to make a good marketing video? Yes. And some of you, that's where you need to start. So what I would be willing to do with anybody in this room is sit down with you and do a marketing consultation. And we talk about, hey, what are your resources? I met with an agent the other day and she's like, I got unlimited resources. She's got a super flexible job where she makes $110,000 a year working like 20 hours a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. So she's like, all right, I'm gonna just tell me where to swipe the credit card because lead generation in our businesses, that's about as simple as it is. You enter a credit card into a system and leads pop out. That's it. All right, but I need to know like, what's your situation? Like, oh, I got 30 days of savings and then... I'm out or what's the case? I mean, what's, what's, what is honestly the situation? And we can work around this because the other thing I know in addition to hiring professionals is if you know how to do the work yourself, it makes a very big impression on your consumer. For a while there, I was taking the pictures of our team's listings. I was flying the drone. You know, I was doing all these different things. I did all the marketing, all the blog writing. Now, what was really good about me knowing how to do that stuff is I knew how it benefited the consumer. And I know you, you probably haven't had a, a, a seller talk to you about how you're gonna position their property on Google. How are you gonna expose their home other than the MLS and other than Zillow? And this is where that proof of a promise kinda of comes in to bite a lot of agents in the butt is because they don't understand how Google works. They don't understand how blogs work. They don't understand how they can generate leads that will turn into showings for their listings. They just don't understand how that works. They, they, they know it works somehow, but they really don't know how. So if you go into a list, and that's why it's like 
important during the consultation phase to talk about like what's most important to the client? Do they just care about their net or are they interested in the marketing part? Like all this presentation part, I want you guys to see this. If you're doing it right, you're putting leads into this funnel. So YouTube, I can use YouTube to drive traffic to my JPAR website. And hopefully when they get there, they'll search around and then a registration form pops up and then they become a contact in my database. And then I start the follow-up process. So that's how you can take using presentation to take one sale and turn it into two or three because you're using it to drive more business. You're using it to showcase to people your marketing skills. The number one thing they want from us is market knowledge. And market knowledge, the problem with market knowledge in our industry is it's so vast. But when I ask a question about staging and nobody can answer it in this room, that's market knowledge. Market knowledge and a marketing plan. That's one and two, that's what they want. What's your marketing plan? It's not a drag to have a marketing plan because the more you understand how marketing works and the more you market, the more opportunities you generate. The seller ever cornered you and said, what are you gonna do to bring people to the front door? What are you gonna do? I know other agents are gonna sell it, but what are you gonna do to personally bring buyers to my front doorstep? Or have you ever had a seller say, well, I, you know, you're talking to them about price maybe, and they say, well, you know, you haven't shown the house once or nobody from your company shown the house yet. That's important to them. So knowing that's really, 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 really important to them, you might wanna make a point to talk about it in the presentation. This is what I plan to do to personally bring people to your doorstep. And this is why it's important. This is where we're really gonna hammer, this is like, I think where it's most important to a seller. They wanna be able to look you in the eye and feel certainty that number one, you can sell it, and number two, you can sell it and generate the net goal that they desire. That's what they want. A lot of agents that I'm coaching right now have a real issue of pricing properties. It just, this is a big, they're constantly asking me like, what's your opinion? What would you price this at? I have no idea what to price this at, I'm so lost. Uh, the seller wants to price it at this, I don't think it's worth that, what do you think? So we'll run through this one. We've already made the point, we've belabored it that you need to be honest. Okay, especially when it relates to price. Do you, do you know though, what are, the two, what are the two big catalysts that result in a successful real estate sale? And it's not location, all right? So price is number one, that's the numero uno. So if you have a property, well, first of all, we're talking about the presentation. Going into the presentation, knowing these are the two important things. And I would incorporate it in my presentation and say, listen, the way we're gonna be able to meet your goals is by pricing it appropriately and having it in a good condition. It looks good, feels good, smells good. But I have agents come to me and they go, my listing's not selling. What can I do? I need to do more marketing. How can I market this property better? And I'll look at the listing and the pictures are good, the remarks are good, there's video there. And then I'll ask them, how confident are you on the price? Oh, not at all. Not at all confident on the price. All right, well maybe that's where we need to start. I've mentioned this discovery process. I think it's important to talk to your sellers about that in, in one way or the other, right? If you're meeting with a seller in today's market, the price we're listing at is not the price necessarily it may sell for. And why is that important to them? Is the highest offer the best offer? What's your strategy to generate multiple offers? As the market continues to shift, then we're gonna to have to start having this conversation about price reductions. And you may even start seeing, is anybody seeing 
more price reductions, more open houses, more days on market, anything like that happening? Things are kind of changing, right? So it's important to know that's market knowledge. It's important to know like when is it appropriate to go in there going, hey, what's our game plan for multiple offers? When do they still exist? They no longer exist, but you're still talking about it. And you're gonna over promise and under deliver. Could be a big problem. But the CMA process, what are resources that we have at our disposal to help us price properties? Does anybody use Zillow just for giggles, just to see what, it, see what it's at? Anybody use RPR, CRS? Just regular tax records, gut, RPRs, it's money, right? I also would encourage you to look at active, pending, and sold properties. Not just solds, but actives and pendings. But you incorporate all, you can use HomeBot. HomeBot's pretty accurate. At a recent real estate conference I just attended, they were talking about how HomeBot has a 40% open rate. Andrew, you're a big email marketing guy. Is 40% good? If you got a 40% open rate on your newsletter, is that good? Right. It's a home bot, 40% open rate. Facebook Messenger, 85% open rate. That's market knowledge. Pricing resources, we've gone over those. I, I, in some cases, a, a, an appraisal is the best money you can spend. You know, if I look at a listing that's brand new or it's only a few years old, but the seller is like off their rocker when it comes to price, I'm probably not gonna talk about the pre-listing inspection. I'm gonna say, listen, let's put our money in an appraisal. Like you need an appraisal big time. An appraisal is, I would say, if it's not an older home, it, it's like the best money you can spend or best money a seller can spend. But if they're not willing to spend the money, you know, it may be worth you to invest in it. And they're expensive, right? And we know that. At the end of the presentation, I would advise, you guys to close for the contract. Ask them, have I given you any reason? Or is there anything you expected to hear today that you didn't hear? Have I given you any reason not to hire me? Is there any reason after me laying out all the stuff, all these five big rocks that gives you pause about doing business with me? Now, if they say yes, that's feedback. If they say no, sign, let's sign. And I would think that this swagger, if you will, starts as you're getting out of your car. You know, you open your car door, beer can falls out, you take the last drag of a cigarette, pop it in their grass, one of your tires is on their lawn, you're kind of tucking in your shirt, doing this with your hair, they're watching. They're watching you from the minute you pull up. They're studying you. They're, it's a process of elimination. They got three people coming, they need the red flags to fly so they know who to eliminate. So you get out of that car, posture, where it needs to be, you're walking confidently to the door, you're smiling a lot. As soon as they answer the door, you may wanna start talking about how you cannot wait to market this property. And like this means something to you. This is in your first rodeo. I mean, there's a lot of signals that that sends. But I can tell you, having gone through 08 and having gone through the Gulf oil spill, it was a nightmare. I'm telling you, a nightmare. I almost didn't make it through it myself, but one of the, best things I did during that time period was just to learn from sellers. What do they really want? What, what ticks them off? What are, their, what are their pet peeves as it relates to real estate agents? And one of them is, is that it's like this. So you go to, sometimes this works out, sometimes it doesn't. You go to a restaurant, the server doesn't write your order down. Now, when they leave the table, what's going through your head? Yeah, like, we're just gonna work out. And I often ask them, you know, cause I was in the restaurant business for a while. 
if I didn't write the stuff down, it was a nightmare. And some people just have like a photographic memory. I don't know what it is, but I, that's the same thing that's going on with your seller's mind. If you're not writing it down, you're not taking it seriously. So sometimes my pay, my notebook paper looks like a doodle. Like I'm playing like hangman, you know, cause there's nothing really, I mean, it's a 1300 square foot house, two years old, everything's in good shape. Not, I mean, there's not even any hanger marks on the walls, but I'm like, Ooh, so interested. They just want to see that. They want to see you writing it down because they've told me multiple times that how much it bothers them that when they talk about their pride and joy, their prize investment, that you didn't care enough to write it down, to write down anything. If you want to set up a coaching consultation, so first thing you do is text me and say, hey, I want access to JWU. There's so much good stuff in there. Rick Sharp's in there teaching a class dropping bombs. Kendall talks about how, um, what are her six steps to six figures? Andrew's in there talking about the success of his newsletter. There's a bunch of good stuff in there. So text me, I'll get you access to that. If you want to set up a 30 minute coaching call, just go to dinahustle.com as often as you want and schedule time there. If it's an emergency, if it's 630 on a Sunday night and nobody's answering the group text, your accountability partner, your mentor is not picking up the phone and it's, it's an emergency, then I just want you to, to shoot me a text and say, hey Jason, I need some help. I got a question for you. There's probably about 2% of our agents that actually do this. They'll send me a video going, hey, should I post this or not? Or I just want you to get, I wanna get your opinion on my logo. Hey, should I spend money on this? Is this a good lead source? There's two classes too that there's, one that we did that I did recently from I took the information straight from a conference and talked about how to win offers how to write winning offers uh, I try to post all this stuff in our ecosystem but if you're not finding it on JWU then you can go to Jason Will official on YouTube and find it there or in our J Power Strong ecosystem all right thank y'all